Roger. Yeah, I think he's pulling the wrong one. I'm just... Okay, I'm ready to pull it down now. There was still a little bit uh, left in the... Okay, don't hold it quite so tight. Okay. <laughs> what? Hi, welcome to the podcast. This is how it's going to start. Setting Sun, that was like off their third album, I think, right? I can't remember, there was another one. This always reminds me of that Levi's commercial from back in the day. It was the ultimate breakbeat, I feel like. Yeah, see, this is where we're going to have problems, because culturally I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, you're right, yeah, you don't have Levi's commercials. <laughs> we have them, but we have different ones, obviously. You've got different Levi's commercials here on Live to Tape. We've only just begun, much like Karen Carpenter said so many years ago. Here we are, inside the forest, between the trees, above the pine needles, on our knees, wishing to get off the points, into the joints, go back downstairs and count your fucking coins! Count your coins, count your coins, everybody. This is live to tape with Jimmy Jackson, Johnny Pemberton, also known as Daddy's Big Red Truck, who doesn't give a fuck if you've got a fucking stink stunk. If you've got a shunt in right now, take it out. If you've got a stint, just we're gonna be here for a stint while you remove your shunt. And now James is taking off his headphones. Today my guest is a very special guest. He's the first guest on the show to sound like the way he does, because only he sounds like how he does, as with all of us. But this guy is a special guy He's from a different place. Wanna introduce yourself, sir? Yep, hello. Hello, how are you? Really good. Thanks for being here. You're all loud and safe. Yeah, no, thank you. Thank you for having me. It's a real pleasure. It's a real pleasure for you to be here, too. Now, what do you think about your surroundings? Well, the room that I'm in currently. Uh, room, city, town, all that crap. Oh, okay. Uh, all that ding-dong malicious wishes. Yes, exciting. It's an exciting place to be. We're going to do a sound test here. Real quick sound test. Hold on. Quick sound test. 
This is just to test the sound out, make sure it's good. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. That I mean, sounds good, yeah, too, right? Yeah. It's weird when I hear you talk, I want to try to... It's like, I can't... I want to try to mimic it, but I don't want to why I do. <laughs> yeah, lots of people do. There you go. That's better. I like, like it with right here. James. Hey, um, hey, welcome to the podcast, James. Thanks for having me. That was the introduction. I just wanted to, you know... Make good. a bunch of noise and stuff. I just had to regulate the temperature. Usually I turn it, crank it down a few degrees, get the lights so they're not quite as bright. See, I'm going to just do this real quick here. Let's have it do like this. See, there we go. Now it's balanced. Balanced but bright. Yeah. Uh, welcome to Live to Tape, Balanced and Bright. My guest today is Balanced uh, balanced Magician Man, um, uh, James Buckley. Hi, yeah. James. Hello. Thanks for being here. Thank you for those kind words. I've never been uh, called balanced before. You haven't? I'm usually very uncoordinated and quite clumsy, so well, it's, I'll I take think it as a compliment. Of, I always think of balanced in this day and age. <laughs> I love how loud that is Yeah. and how unmistakable what that sound is. <laughs> it's clearly man vaping. <laughs> yeah, that's, mm-hmm. uh, that's probably going to go on quite a lot during this. That's fine. I, I mean, what are we going to do, call the cops? Mm. I've told you that before. That's my favorite thing to say to people for small crimes is to call the cops. Yeah. Because... They'll laugh you out of the building. Yeah. But some people get really up uh, up in arms to get real feisty about little things. Well, there's, um, you know, there, there's there's rules, isn't there? And there's, there's, there's rules, but, I mean, there's a difference between rules and... And uh, there's rules, regulations, but there's also oh, crime. Oh, you're going into the grey area. You're dragging me into grey, aren't you? That's what I always do. I just want cut and dry. You like, do? No, my brain, I don't like uh, grey area. I just like to know yes or no. Right? Yeah. What's the most recent example of that? Of yes or no? Yeah, for you. Um, Can you think of one? No, I can't think of yeah. any kind of moral quandary <laughs> that I've... Uh, Experienced. Yeah. I mean, I was sort of making a flippant comment just then, but now that I'm actually thinking about it, I perhaps do avoid the gray area. I think maybe you do. Maybe that, there might be a fundamental difference between us. Yeah, you like... No, you go beyond the gray area, I think. But I, I think I like to exist in the gray. I like to exist in the, like, oh, it's both things. It's both bad and good. I think you like to see how far towards the gray, the, the bad, you can push the gray. That's what I get the, the I think feeling that's, sometimes. I would say that's definitely the truth, but I still feel like I'm still riding the gray. I think you've I think you've got enough moral fiber to stay away from the bad, but right. you just you just want to experiment. I'm a gray rider. Yeah, you're a gray. I'm a classic rider. gray rider. Like I'll see how much I can piss someone off who's driving, <laughs> but not to the point where they where they will try to shoot me if they have a gun or something. Yeah. More, it's more like that's uh, a good bar to set. Yeah, not to get shot. I was thinking about that because I've been riding my bike a lot. I've been thinking about how basically all I want when riding my bike is not to be killed, yeah, number one. And number two is if you don't kill me, just don't injure me. Yeah. Otherwise, I don't give a shit. Honk. I mean, I do. I don't like being honked at or anything. No. But, but what, if they're, uh, what if it's just some, you know, some burly builders? <laughs> <laughs> they just. They you mean see some, you uh, some, 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 uh, hey, baby. Oh, to me? They yeah. probably would. 
I do always get ca- called a woman by uh, phone scammers. Yeah. <laughs> they always say like, uh, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Okay, ma'am. Are you interested in a security system, ma'am? Like, uh, no, no, miss. Yeah. I got a, a strange um, sort of phone scam on my American phone. Ooh, what is it? Uh, they called me up to say that I'd won a holiday. I'd won a vacation mm. to Hawaii. That's an actual scam. See, I just get like the ones that are... Yeah, that one sounds cool. What do they say to you? They said you've won, um, you've won a, a, a vacation to Hawaii. And what did so the person sound like? She, it was a woman, right? It, she was Amer, she was American. I, American, but I got, and you know, I'm stepping into the gray area here. Go ahead. I got a slight Asian feel from her. Don't okay. know why. They just felt like a sort of um, that there was a little. Asian lint. We're on the train right now, so everything you say just goes out the train window and we pass it by. So there's no, everything is just, you know. It's judgment free. Yeah, judgment free because it's it's left the train. But they called me up and uh, I I knew it was a scam straight away, but I just started pretending to be excited. I was going, oh my, really? (laughs) I can't believe it. And she was going, I know, right? And I was going, yeah, this is incredible. I've never won anything before. She said, I, 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 call, I, should we call each other? I right wonder, now? I I'll wonder be, what you're I'll thinking. I'll be the lady. Okay. Yeah, I'll be the lady, and you'd be, uh, I think we can. Well, I think it's more this one, yeah. Um, hello? Oh, hi. 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 Hello. 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 hi. You've won a trip to Hawaii. I've won a, a trip to Hawaii. Yes, this is Mr. Buckley. You've won a trip to Hawaii. All expenses paid at the Ritz Carlton on the waterfront where the ocean meets the sea. Well, that's incredible because I haven't entered any competition or done anything of any worth my whole life. So for this to suddenly fall in my lap for no reason whatsoever, it's almost un- too good to be true. Well, we like to say that here in Too Big, too big to Be True prize giver awareness that if you think you did nothing, it's because you did something. Just by owning a Visa, MasterCard, or American Express, you've been automatically entered to win. Wow, I do I, own one of those. You do. You yeah. have a 21-night stay. <gasps> All expenses pay at the Ritz-Carlton Marriott Holiday Inn Ramada Beachfront Plaza. That's great, because I had an extra 21 days um, that I wasn't doing anything with. I, ju- I was just keeping them uh, in the in my drawer. Well, it's 22 if you count the travel. Yeah, okay. Oh, 22, you say? Well, it's all paid, so don't worry about it. You're okay. going to cross the international date line, so don't I'll, worry. I'll have to take a, one sick day off of work then, I suppose, but I'll, I'll take the hit because it, it seems worth it. It's 21 days in Hawaii. Well, what do you need from me, exactly? Surely there's something that um, I should be doing in return of this wonderful gift. Well, I would just first, if you give me your social security number or any type of identifying number so we can we can lock in the okay. prize. Otherwise, we have to give it to somebody else. We don't give me your social security number. Also, the MasterCard or the Visa or the American Express card you use the most. We'll just take that down. Okay, well, I've got a, I've got a picture of my social security card on my phone I, because I can never remember what it is. And it's uh, 848... 848... Uh, 332... 332... 1204. 1204. Okay, wrote that down. <laughs> oh, my God, it seems too real. Did you really give her that information? No, of course I didn't. She said, um... She started saying it's, uh, She said, are you married? And I said, no. I said, no, I'm not married. And she said, well, oh, because this is for a... For a couple's... Uh, retreat. We're we're looking for for married couples. Uh-huh. I could I could sort of we were having we were talking beforehand. And I could tell that this was sort of where it was going. Right. 
So she said, are you married? I said, oh, I'm, I'm, uh, unfortunately not. She said, oh, are you, are you um, involved with anyone? I said, well, you know, it's me and my cat. <laughs> and can, would it be okay to take my cat? Can my cat come to Hawaii? Oh, yeah. And uh, they sort of started to pick up on me then. Oh, really? Um, but it was, uh, it was nice to speak to someone on the phone, if anything. So How long was, did you speak for? A good, maybe eight minutes, eight okay, or nine that's, minutes. Okay, that's actually pretty good. I think the, the common mark for for bailing is around like three right away and then if you can make it past like the seven minute mark then you're really in well i had to i actually i've just remembered i actually had to speak to two different people oh my god because somebody called me and this is how um you know because i'm an intelligent guy but this is how i got suckered into it they said oh uh this you know congratulations i just need to uh, put you on the phone i'm going to transfer you now to my manager <laughs> So I knew it was all official. I could tell oh, it's it was, official. It was it a was... real. It was a real company that was uh, the, that was organising all of this, and they had their structure and everything. And they wanted to make sure that I'd spoken to the manager first before, mm-hmm. um, you know, going forward with with travel arrangements and such. So um, they did a really good job. Mm-hmm. They, they were they were doing a good job. Did they ever ask you for anything, any kind of information, like besides your social security? They didn't get round to the information. They spent so long telling me how wonderful the prize was. That seems and kind of weird to me. Then I was also interjecting with uh, talking about how lonely I am and how uh, <laughs> how great that this prize is and how uh, I was, you know, I suppose it, you, you, this might seem offensive, but I was just alluding to that maybe I was very very depressed and that this prize was uh almost saving my life i was sort of is that offensive that though well because there are people who are genuinely depressed oh yeah um, but i was just trying to <laughs> i was just trying to it was just a little sort of i was bored and uh it was it was a little experiment to see how far these people would go if i could and uh, you know if they right. would really try and scam someone who was perhaps mentally vulnerable anyway. I can tell you, for, as a person who worked in telemarketing for about two weeks, we definitely... The people who say yes to things are either the elderly or the people who are mentally handicapped, who yeah. are able to answer the phone. There was, yeah. a couple, there was twice where I was like, oh, geez, I just got this person... I mean, it wasn't like I was selling them anything or getting their information. It was more just like, oh, now they're going to get... $50 worth of gas coupons that they'll never be able to redeem or, like, that are probably difficult to redeem or not worth what they're paying for. It was definitely someone who's like, this is a guy who probably has a head injury or is the product of incest or mm. something like that. Like someone who just is, yeah. And you did that for two weeks? I think two weeks or so. I can't remember how long. It was, it was really unpleasant. It sucked. It was, like, the worst job. Really well paid, though. Oh, the money and the it, benefits. I mean, yeah, it was super well paid. <laughs> Actually, I think it did it did pretty well. You got like a lot of bonuses if you sold a lot of uh, yeah, I bet. things. That's how you get people to uh, behave in this way. Yeah, incentivize, yeah. Uh, incentivize bad behavior. Exactly. People will do anything they wanted, anything exactly. you wanted to do. See, that's beyond the gray area for me morally. What I did then? Yeah, this is in college though. Oh, okay. That's and okay, I did then. quit after I got uh, in trouble for wearing tennis shoes. On for a phone for a call center. Yeah, I was wearing a suit and everything, but I had on these very clean gray, all gray sneakers. But they weren't dress shoes, and so they're like, oh, Johnny, you've got to go back. And uh, luckily, I had my other shoes in the car. I just didn't want to wear them because they're so uncomfortable. So, yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. You have to, you're gonna have to go home or change. Well, I guess I'll just go change in the car. Like, you know, don't let that happen again. 
This is a professional workplace. Like, Tom, <coughs> you're a fucking cunt. <laughs> this guy was like the biggest cunt mouth ever. Ugh, what a guy. He's one of those guys who like would smile like, and say like the nastiest thing. Like He would say, like, he's the kind of person I can imagine closing the door on like a human trafficking thing and be like, all right, st- good luck in there. Yeah, he like, sounds like the kind of guy that would head up one of these call centers. Yeah. His name was Tom. That's all I remember. Oh, that's a shame. He kind of looked like a Republican uh, Senate candidate sort of thing, like a junior senator or whatever they call those guys, like a secretarial senator or something like that. I wouldn't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, how did? because you're from England, right? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, I'm from the 51st state. That's what they call that. They really don't cause that, do they? Um, There was a film called The Fifty First State. Is it referencing that? With Samuel Jackson? Yeah, it's it's uh, how how England is sort of the fifty first. I don't think anyone calls it that, but I think it was a it was a nickname that someone tried to coin that never really caught on. Yeah, I don't know why it would would catch on because it's sort of the opposite. Well, we're supposed to have this relationship. We're supposed to have a special relationship. We do have a special relationship with with America. There is uh, a special. The nations with Great Britain. Yeah. It's a very special relationship. Mm. We both love dance music. Yeah. <laughs> Walks I, along the beach. I queued up all these fucking songs that I wanted to play because they're, when I think about it, because you got Fat Boy Slim, you got the Chemical Brothers. Those are my big, my biggies for the people who are the Brits. That's Brothers. That's Chemical Brothers. Is that Chemical Brothers? Yeah, Robin. What are their names again? I don't know. Were you into them? Sure. No, no, not really. Because you grew I'm not up really into dance music that much. Not at all. No. What are you into? What's the most? I'm into? a sucker for a for a good guitarist. Do you want to play something? Should we play something right now? Can I pick a song? Yeah. Uh, Tell me what it is, and I'll cue it up. Okay. How about American English by Idlewild? Oh, I think you told me about this before, right? Did I? Um. I don't think so. It sounds really familiar. I don't know why, but it sounds familiar. Is this an English band? It's a Scottish band. Scottish band. So the reason why I thought of this song was it's but it's a Scottish band called right. Idlewild, and I married a Scot- Scottish girl. So right. My children are born in Scotland. So is your wife like, oh, what I got to go over here? Sort of. Uh, and <laughs> also, we're in America right now. Right. And I'm English, and that's it. That's all it is. But it's a beautiful song. It doesn't really make any sense. But it's, it's a nice song. This is very emotional. Yeah, it's a slow one. It's one of their slower ones. They do, they do like have faster, harder songs. You like a lot of stuff like this, huh? It's like yeah, sort of British kind of indie, earnest indie rock. Yeah, I suppose. This is a bit softer than what I'm usually okay. listening to. To be fair. I think I say the word earnest way too much on this podcast in reference to music. No, it's a nice um, word to describe music. You just did that thing. Wait. What is that? What? That. The falsetto thing? Yeah. Yeah, it's a little falsetto. Doesn't Coldplay do that? Yeah. Yeah. Look at the stars, look how they shine for you. Yeah, yeah, lots, just, of, lots of singers do that. But that's got to be some, some sort of anthropological thing about the UK, because Americans don't do that. They not. They do it in country music, and that's it. Wow. Otherwise, you, wouldn't, you just don't hear it. 
Oh, that's uh, that's quite a normal sound for me. It's yeah. Normal. I just realized that it is kind of a normal sound for. Like it seems in place with this band. He almost said it again. Yeah. It's a nice song. It's just a. It's just a. I'd just say it was a pretty song. It's chill. Yeah. It reminds me of a song I've played, I think, on this podcast before. You ever heard that band Orange Juice? Yes. They have Did a they song. they have one big hit or something? Yeah, they have a big hit called Rip It Up, which is just, like, to me, one of the greatest songs. I'll just play a little bit of it because yeah. we've already played it in the podcast a bunch, but it's still, like, this song is, like, a perfect song, I think. You played this before? Yeah, it sounds familiar. Shit, this is an Irish band. It's just, like, probably, I don't know, 82? Right. Some shit like that. I've actually never even seen the video. I'm watching this on YouTube right now. <laughs> that is pretty cool. <laughs> pretty what? Pretty cool? Pretty cool. Just that accent is just so. Well, there was a lot of stuff like that around the British Isles in the. Oh yeah. In, in the early '80s, you had that. You had Depeche Mode. Depeche Mode. Who are I don't think they. My would... neck of the woods. They are. Yeah. Depeche Mode is one of my absolute favorite bands. Depeche yeah. Mode to me, like Dave Kahan is probably one of the greatest living singers I've From Basildon like. in Essex. Bas- he's from Basildon? What yeah. does that even mean? It's a town in Essex called but, Basildon. But isn't Essex a town? Essex is a county. Oh. So that's the thing you guys do that's always confusing to me is that you have like such such specific demarcations for regions. Yeah. We don't we don't really do that that. I mean people do it sometimes, but really I think it's maybe because the the country's a lot smaller. Yeah, it's so small that every little thing, oh, you're from there? Yeah. Oh, we're from here. <laughs> yeah, well, we have signs saying, you know, welcome to Essex and stuff like that. Right. And so you could drive for an hour and you'll see another sign saying welcome to another place. Like, it's just, the country's so small that the, the, the different counties especially are always well marked out. And it means something, too, to be from a different county? I think it's just... Um, I suppose so. Yeah, it just it, it just explains something about you straight away. What does it mean to be from Essex? Um, <clears throat> well, probably not. Probably not. Not <laughs> nothing great, to be honest. Um, where I grew up was was an overspill of East London in Dagenham, so it it didn't it didn't feel like an Essex that's put, portrayed in the media back home. So we have a reality show called The Only Way Is Essex. What does that mean? And it's about sort of idiot, good-looking, attractive people having relationship. It's meant to be reality TV. So it's is Essex, sort of stupid. what would that be considered? What's like the, what would be the, the brother or sister county in America, you think? Oh, I have no idea. I don't, I don't know. The... But is it like posh? Well, see, the thing is, so Essex ranges from where I grew up, which is sort of very run down and very... Um, Industrial? Sort of, yeah. Well, yeah. I I lived across the road from a Ford's factory. Ford, Ford, Ford automobile. Yeah, oh. and um, and so that that town was quite industrial, but m- mostly the whole of Essex is mainly quite green and full of sort of little villages. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's actually quite beautiful. So it's sort of not. I don't mind that it gets a bad reputation in in the media because 
Like it's a bad rap for yeah. what? Well, because m- most people are uh, portrayed as either stupid, dumb, <laughs> and uh, just sort of orange tanned. Orange tanned? Yeah, fake tan. Oh, is that kind of like Chav? Is that a Chav thing? I don't know. I I think Chav maybe is antiquated nowadays. Chav is maybe what what where I grew up, which is sort of <laughs> kids on a on an estate with no money. What's an estate? An estate would be like, like a um, public housing. Uh, yes, pretty much. Okay. Yeah. Um, and and the estate where I grew up in, I think it was called the Rylands Estate. Um, uh, it was they're all. It's just a huge block of um, tiny, semi, uh, tiny, tiny, uh, what do you call them, terraced houses. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and they were all built for the people that worked in the factory at Falls. Oh, right, okay. So that's almost sort of what my part of Dagenham was, was Dagenham. there for. Dagenham, yeah. So that's the little town inside of Essex? Yes. Dagenham. Yeah. That's where Dave Gahan's from? He's from Basildon. Which oh, is probably about ten minutes about, on the road on the A13. About fourteen feet away, P- pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> I love that because you're basically talking about like the difference between North Hollywood and Toluca Lake, which is you could literally hit a golf ball. Yeah, you could drive like if you put a golf ball on a tee and we're on like a the first story of a house and had a driver and you could hit it from one area to the other. Yeah, it's like five hundred yards away. Yeah, especially Dagnum and Raynham and Barking. <laughs> This all sounds so fake. I love it. <laughs> that's the that's Damn. the area I grew up in. So if Chab's outdated, what is what is it now? That's I don't know. Not... I don't think I don't think there. I don't. I'm not sure if there is. I think it's sort of. I think it's uh, turned maybe slightly more sinister as to when I was growing up. I think a lot of people are getting murdered in London at the moment. And really? Yeah. Yeah. London. Like yeah. what part of London? North all London. Over. Mate? North all London? over. It. Camden. Yeah, Camden, yeah. Did I ever tell you about the time I got, uh, almost got, um, got mugged in Camden trying to buy weed? I think you were telling me this story. So I was in Camden because we were in London, I was in London for like six weeks or so during college as part of the, um, you know, the thing people do. So you lived on Tottenham Court Road? Yeah, Yeah, Tottenham Court Road, part of (laughs) Florida State has something there. I was there for a while, you know. Not learning anything really. Actually, I think I probably learned a ton, but it wasn't like it wasn't learning, learning, so it didn't seem like it. But that's where I learned about Alan Partridge and all that stuff, and uh, which we got to talk about in a minute. But the uh, we took the the tube to Camden, so I was like, oh, we can buy some weed mm-hmm. off off uh, some dudes on the street. Yeah, get the Northern Line from Tottenham Court Road. <laughs> yeah, the Northern Line, right? Because yeah. there's a lot of West African dudes, right, who live in Camden. I wouldn't know. Seems like it. There's a lot of African dudes, and they're, um That's where we were told you could get some weed. Just ask someone on the street. You could, uh, yeah. You can, yeah. Camden's the go-to place. Uh, I mean, it's more famous for just sort of smack and oh, okay. like heroin. And well, this was not. We were not interested in smack. No, we were interested in um, just some some weed. And I had like I think I had a, a bright green Minnesota North Stars hoodie on, which made me look like it stood out. Like crazy, it's the, the the greenest green there is. You stood out in Camden. I think so because it, wow, it that's looks difficult to do. Well, it just looks. I look like a tourist. I think I don't look like a. I think wearing that hoodie at that time, I probably looked like someone who was didn't belong there. Well, I don't know really because I think you would have been all right in Camden. Well, this was two thousand and two. Yeah, so you'd have been d- fine, man. It what? was yeah. Camden's a place known for um, its sort of acceptance of 
expressing individuality and stuff like that. You can go to Camden, you can feel, even though you're not a part of a crowd or feel different, you'll be surrounded by lots of like-minded people in Camden. Well, I guess I just mean I felt like I look like a mark. Yeah, right. That's oh, okay. what I meant. You look naive. Yeah, I look like right. a mark. And I, <laughs> we got off the train and go up the stairs, and the first guy up there, because they're like, hashish, hashish, marijuana, hashish. The first guy hits me up. I'm like, oh, yeah. And I give him my money, and he quickly hands it off to some other dude. So it's already like three car money. Where the fuck did it go? It's like, follow me. And he passed me up with some other dude where I follow this dude around some corner. And this dude's talking super fast and being super shady. And he happens so fast. He's like, put up, put up, put up, give, give, what, how much more money you got? I'm like, um, I, that's all I've got. He's like, give me more, give me more, give me more cash, give me more cash. I'm like, okay, here's another 10 quid or something. He's like, okay, that's all you got, all you got, put up your hand. And he dumps a bunch of weed in my hands. Huh. And then he's like, no, he starts taking it away to the point all I have is just like a little bit of shake left. And... He kind of like fades away. That's unusual was... practice. I've got to be honest. Well, I mean, you can you can pretty much get cannabis anywhere you are in the country. This was a while ago, and I think I I picked the the worst guy, like some sort of yeah. a drug a drug dude. And then after that, some dude pulls up, some guy, some nice slow talking guy with glasses says, "I oh, just saw what happened to you guys there. I feel really bad about that. It's not what it's like here in Camden." I feel bad about that way that God ripped you off. Yeah. Come, you want to come in my van and we'll have a smoke and I'll wow. get you some real good stuff. And I was, at this point, I was like, I'm scared of everybody. So I was yeah. like, no thanks. We're just going to go back to the West End. I mean, that's the first thing that you're taught as a kid is to never get into someone's van. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that's rule number one. I'm pretty sure he said, get into his van. I was just <laughs> thought, we, my friend and I looked at each other and just thought, no, we're not going to try again. Yeah, you probably made a good call. So I mean, how like, good is cannabis, really, to well, get into me, a stranger's ba- yeah. van? <laughs> it's not that—I don't think it's that great, especially if you're, like, 20 years old and visiting and scared that you're going to get knife-crimed, yeah. you know? No, it's not the one. It was so scary, though. I felt like I was about to get—I was so close to getting mugged if I hadn't just cut it off. Yeah. Cause, so you, you, didn't, you didn't lose your money? No, I lost like 30 pounds, I think. 30 quid? I think basically got nothing. Wow. Yeah, it was a real big waste of money. It's incredible. But it was definitely like, I feel like it was a really good learning experience for me to realize that that I'm not uh, I'm not a criminal. No. <laughs> I, I, I can't hang in those ranks of those people. Like, it's not my world. And I was pretending like, oh, I, I'm cool. I've smoked weed for a long time. I can, I can hang. I know I'm street smart. I know what to do. How to like yeah. pick the right person to buy drum. I don't know fucking shit. Yeah. <laughs> I, think I totally got shake, shook down, and um, like it wasn't like a mugging, but it was close to like a, a shakedown. You know, where someone yeah. just like, well, London's a different animal. London's it's a confidence a scam. A, yeah, London's a bit of a different. Um, everything's amped up in London. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. You you lived there though, right? For a period of time. I've not lived in central London. Never. No. no, I'm scared of cities for the same reasons that you just said. Right, because it's too much. It's yeah. too much like activity. Yeah, I like um, I like being able to open my window and things like that, and not being able to hear anything. But when you've worked on stuff, you must spend a lot of time in London just for work. Uh, yeah. Being an actor. Yeah, you have a to, singer, a yeah. dancer. I don't mind going into London for mm-hmm. um, but I, I like being able to leave. Yeah. I do like coming home. What do you do when you go to London? 
Uh, I, I, nowadays, it's exclusively if I've got a meeting. Is Lily Allen ever hanging out around there? I assume so. I don't know. <laughs> Never met Lily Allen. Before. You haven't? No. I, would, I, I honestly assume that you have met everyone who is an English celebrity. I just feel like the circle there seems like you would just know everybody. I've met most. I've met quite yeah. a few. I've not really befriended any. I don't know how you do that. I don't know how, how you befriend move. another celebrity. Yeah, I'm not sure because, and also I don't, I don't really get how celebrities do it. Like other celebrities do it. You know, when you see like, maybe they don't. Maybe it's fake. Why? Well, yeah, that's the thing. I don't know. Like apart from being a celebrity, what have you got in common? I've got more, obviously I've got my actual friends that I've known since I was in nursery school, since right. I was four years old, from Dagenham. Yeah, they're the, they're the only people I talk to. Because you can trust. No, I can't. You can't? No, I can't. I can't really stand them. But you know, but you, <laughs> but you know about them. Yeah. I was writing something um, and uh, I, I got some notes and uh, I was writing about my friends. It was mm -hmm. a thing, it was a, something I was writing. It was, it was based on my relationship with my friends. And the, the note I got back was, was that we, we just don't believe that these guys are friends the way that they talk to each other. Right. And I said, well, that, these are just actual conversations I've had with my friends. I've just stolen and put and written them down. This yeah. is word for word exactly. They were like, so what? But these are your friends. And I was like, yeah. And they were like, well, it just seems like you don't like them. And I went, well, <laughs> of course I don't like them. <laughs> and then, well, why do you hang around with them then? I went, well, because they're my friends. Yeah. That was it. <laughs> it makes sense because a lot of times the people that I like the most, it's more like, it's almost like a spectacle as opposed to anything else. Like if someone were to, to judge him, like, look at him, he does this weird, stupid thing. He's wearing those dumb glasses and he's really loud in restaurants and he's like a kind of a kind of a brute and pushes people out of the way. I'm like, yeah, I know. I think I just, it's just, like, it's I, funny to watch. I think it's just going through something with someone like a shared experience that, yeah shared experience so you know apart from me and my friends and a couple of other people families that lived on the estate at that time there's no one else who i could talk to about playing over at the over in the jump ramps and going to see the the bombed out hospital that we used to live by and things like that it's just and going over triangle park and Walking over to the Mardike, uh, you know, it's What's just the Mardike. Yeah, see, it's just another language. It's just, uh, you know, wasn't the in-betweeners kind of like that? Because you guys are always that show that you're on. Yeah, you guys were always like kind of shitty to each other. Yeah, that's how. <laughs> that's just how. I don't know about here, but that's how guys back home have fun. That's how they talk to each other. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's the same here. A lot of times, not always. But when I push comes a, to shove. They'll come through for you, but totally. But you know, just the day-to-day -day interaction. It's just what? How can I take <laughs> the piss out of you, and how can I defend myself from something that I can feel? I can feel something coming. Yeah. Is there a, what's the best example of that you've had? Um, as far as like, like a prank. No, it's no pranks really. No it's pranks. Just general, it's just general. Um, you know, just general teasing. General. Would you say mucking about? I think. You know, nicknames. Like, sometimes people will get a nickname mm -hmm. and it will stick with them. And um, a friend of mine is occasionally called One Pint <laughs> because one day he came to the pub and drank one pint and then his girlfriend said, you've got to come home. So he left. Oh. <laughs> so, and and it was just it was just quite... An, like, that's a normal situation. But, right. 
for a while afterwards. Everyone just called him One, one Pint. pint. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. You heard this before? What's this? Is it Echo and the Bunny? It's 14 Iced Bears, the weirdest band name of all time. Yeah. I think they're from... They're British. Uh, yeah, they're British. I'm not sure where they're from, but they're probably from that... It's probably a Manchester scene thing. They're great. Yeah, I like that. I really like that. It's nice. They only have one album. What year? I think it's got to be like... Um, Probably 81 or something. Yeah, I honestly don't even know. I should look it up, but I'd have to look it up then. But It'd I think be interesting they, um, to know because if it was sort of. from Brighton, formed in 85. Yeah. And this album they had came out, the first one they had that came out was in 88. Yeah, see, that would have been. Uh, so, 88, 89, that's when the Stone Roses album came out. Which Stone Roses album? The first one. I almost worked with a guy from. Um, so that it, it would have been difficult to have that sort of sound, I think. I worked with a guy from Manchester yeah. named John, and he was a mod back in the day. Yeah. And he had a... He was really into the Stranglers. That was who he repped yeah. in terms of his jacket. But he also was a huge... Um, I like the Stranglers. Oh, the Stranglers are fucking outstanding. Gee, they've got one of my favourite lyrics in a song ever. What song is it? We should listen to um, it. Is it No More Heroes? Um, yeah, no more and heroes. the uh, the uh, the the lyric is whatever happened to all of your heroes, all your Shakespeareos. I just <laughs> <laughs> I just really like that lyric. It's kind of silly and cool. <laughs> yeah. This song? Yeah, it's a great song. They're such a unique band. They truly are a fucking outstanding unique band. Ah, uh, that organ. So good. This song, though, for some reason, I've listened to it. Song, yeah, Radis No Vegas and Black and White. But this album, I haven't listened to that much. Were they sort of? Um, I quite like those bands that that were all, were a consequence of the punk. Yeah, like a uh, like a, an it, offshoot, an yeah. after like a, a secondary movement. After. Yeah, and that's where all the new romantics came from. Oh, is that that's considered a style? Yeah, of course. Yeah, bands what like Duran Duran and okay. and. Uh, um, and Spandau Ballet and stuff like that, and it's, I think it's quite easy to to write them off as sort of eighties pop. But yeah. at the time, they were one making what I consider genuinely good pop songs. People people love new romance, um, but new also romance, but also doing something that was subversive and that was that was um, it had a sh- that sheen of sort of 
production. Makeup and uh, dress. Yeah. It was also, there was something there. There was something actually genuinely tangible. That, I see what you're saying. It's like, it's like a, it. it has like a theatrical quality, but yeah. it's not just that. There's meaning behind Well, what I think it was doing. just a generational movement that my generation never had. I don't think there's anything about my generation that, that we did something that our parents didn't or that we wanted to do differently from our parents musically. Right. And I think my, my generation is the first generation that sort of just blended from the 90s into the, into the noughties. And there wasn't yeah. really a sound or a movement or a type of band that was, that was, um, that was the, the thing that you yeah. could say, oh, that, that's, like, you could, you could, you could definitely pick out a 90s sound. You could mm -hmm. easily pick out an 80s sound. 70s would be guitar riffs. 60s right. would be, I suppose. Even inside those, you can pick out something from early 70s, to late 70s, yeah, late of 70s, early, and late 80s, early 80s. Yeah. What's Especially, really, yeah. What's what's interesting is that even bands, like I was watching um, a, a live gig of uh, mm -hmm. the Rolling Stones, and. Um, this I can't remember exactly. They were playing one of their '60s songs, but it was it was all um, guitar distorted up and stuff like that. Right. And I was like, oh, it's interesting how the, even the band sort of went through. They've the... updated their sound, yeah. even though they're an old ass band. Yeah, there was something that does does kind of remind me of. There was like a weird resurgence of uh, sort of like a '90s sound. I feel like in sort of about around 2005, 2006, there was a bunch of bands like hipster bands doing. Um, that sort of 90s grungy sound. Like, you know that band uh, Silver Sun Pickups? No. Okay. They're not... I, I like them okay. There's, the stuff that's good is pretty fun to listen to, but they have some songs that are full on. They are just... Uh, what is the song to play here? I'm trying to think here. Off the first album. They have a song that just sounds like it's a Smashing Pumpkins song, essentially, right. but sort of with obviously a different... Um, a different singer well, I, type is at yeah, the same time. I just feel that nowadays music is is com almost completely. If you, yeah, I'm talking about if you hear it on the radio, mm -hmm. it's completely used. It's sort of um, there's nothing genuine about it at all. It's all very calculated and uh, cynical. Whereas, yeah. and that's that's you know that's the I suppose big record labels. Mm -hmm finally getting what they want because it's just nothing isn't it it's just well because it's like i think it's the foreshortening of our reference our musical references are going are getting closer and closer together so like i'm saying like the, here, i'll just play this i think this will yeah. just make sense so if you hear this this to me sounds like the 90s like matthew sweet like an indie band like uh the pumpkins or anything like that just that guitar sound so much for the light show. Yeah, definitely. But this this bank this is a song from probably, I don't know, two thousand ten. Yeah. Something like that. Well there'll all there will be two thousand six, two thousand six. There'll be some that, that will that will slip through the net. But this that, is that, that ha obviously have genuine influences and want to make a, a an actual sound. But like you're saying, like, you know, grunge, for example. Yeah. There was suddenly 20 odd bands that were in the charts yeah. because everyone was into that sound at right. the moment and it came 
from nowhere. It came from it came from a, a bunch rejection of like cleanliness, yeah, clean sound. It came from a bunch of yeah. young people that wanted to do something different, wanted to do something um, that was new to them. But I, I, there was nothing like that for me when I was, you know, 15, 16. Don't 17. you think maybe it could be just a thing where? When we look back on it, we'll be like, oh, that's what it was. We just can't no, see it now because we're in it. No. Really? Why not? Genuinely not. Because, it's, because I'm, I'm looking back at it now. You know, I was 15, yeah. 16 years ago. See, because I feel like I, when I was getting the music, I was really into Nirvana and Smashing Pumpkins and that stuff, which was sort of the tail end of the, of the grunge scene when I was getting into it. So that was like, I was kind of not really old enough to be a part of it but I was definitely a fan of that stuff and then it sort of uh I guess I don't even know what happened I guess I went, you know I got into indie rock and stuff like that yeah. but. but I was always even from the age of seven six mm -hmm. seven eight I had this obsession with um music and comedy culture and there was all these really really great shows and things that, that were on when I was you know Eight, nine, ten. Like what? The eleven o'clock show, the Adam and Joe show. Um, These are TV shows. Yeah, Ali G, stuff like Ali that. G. There was, there was, there was, there was, there was that sit that felt naughty and subversive and yeah. sort of rock and roll, and they were doing something that they maybe shouldn't be doing. Yeah. And I, I just couldn't wait to be old enough to be a part of that. <laughs> and um, I always knew, I always wanted to work in comedy. I like it was just like I was dead, dead young to be watching these shows, and and most of the time. Uh, the point was lost on me because I was too young to understand maybe what they were but, even but talking about. But you get the about. tone, though. But I got what was going on, and, right. and I could not wait to be a part of that. And But as I as I got old enough, it, that had disappeared, and then there was nothing there. And yeah, it was now the same with music. Yeah, I guess that's the case, because now shows like that, they have a hard time existing because an allergy, the allergy that... Well, I mean, I don't know. It's hard. It's always hard for me to say stuff like to think, to think about it because I feel like it's hard from my perspective to know what exactly is it go gets so the flies and what like people want to want to see or are interested in because I feel like because I have a skewed perspective because I live here and I do what I do, but it seems it seems kind of like a show like the original Ali G wouldn't be allowed now because people would be like oh that's not you can't do yeah, that possibly but also it felt like those shows were were made because those people were very funny and they were trying to make tv shows you know even though they were wide what you'd maybe consider cult um they were still huge they were still big and yeah. sort of and 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 tapped into something in the public consciousness right. that people a lot of people grabbed onto and went along with. You know, Ali G, for example, was huge, absolutely massive, and it just became, became such a huge cultural reference. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously the brilliant thing about Sasha Baron Cohen is that as soon as it becomes that thing where, it's, uh, where we're all aware of what's actually going on now um, and that we're all in on the joke and it's not as uncomfortable uh, viewing, maybe, if you don't quite understand it. Right. He abandons it and goes on to do something else, and and uh, and but that, those kind of people now, I suppose, would maybe um, would maybe make stuff for YouTube, I guess, but it, it wouldn't have the audience. It wouldn't. It wouldn't be able to be tapped into the 
a traditional everyday people that yeah, just watch TV. Well, there's there's just so many ways to watch stuff now. Yeah. So, yeah, there's just there's there's like a thousand laser beams as opposed to one big fire hose. Yeah, but if you like comedy, that's a good re- that's a good analogy. That's good, yeah. Ooh. Comedy back home for me just feels. Um, it just feels like, you know, if you go to, like, the Edinburgh Fringe and stuff like yeah. that, and, and I've seen a couple of sort of funny shows at the Edinburgh Fringe, mm-hmm. and it's impossible not to not to see someone funny up there, but a lot of it is just absolute... I, I don't know who their audience is. And, well, I know who their audience is for Cambridge and Oxford graduates. Oh, so it's very heady. Yeah, and it's just... Um, if you're not in on that joke, like I'm not a student, I never went to college or university, really? and I left school at 15, so oh, I, man. I, I, I got no sort of formal education. Well, how come you left school at 15? Because that's just how old I was when <sighs> I, the school ended for me. Oh, but that's like high school, but that's when I was when I started high school, 15, 16, 17. Yeah, because in high school here, it's usually 15, 16, 17, 18. So that's yeah. f- the four years are those. F- we usually leave school at 16 back home. But I, I, For what? For university? You can then go on to sixth form, which is what the in-between is, was, was based on. So it's an extra two years of school, oh. basically. I'm not sure it's actually like what the rules are. pre-uni? I, I actually, yeah, I don't actually know what the rules are because you could you could either do sixth form or college. Okay. And then once, you, once you've done college, once you finish college at the age of 18, then you go on to university. But... I think I think maybe the law might have changed back home. I think maybe you do have to stay in school until you are 18 now. I, don't, I, I honestly can't remember. You're out of touch? Yeah. You're out of touch with the school regulations of the UK. Yeah, and I shouldn't be, really, because I've got kids. Those kids are coming down the pipe, dude. Are you, gonna get, are you spooked about them going to be that to be that age? No, I'm looking forward to it. Because that's what, that's what would scare me the most about having kids, is about having teenagers because yeah. it's one of those things where I look back on the stuff that my parents told me for advice when I was that age and I think like what are they what were the fuck were they thinking they had no idea what I was dealing with they had no, yeah. they gave me the worst advice I mean I've never asked my parents for advice for anything really yeah. uh, I think I used to ask them for them. some advice like about I don't know you're dealing with someone who's being mean to you or you're having like problems yeah, I just kept all that to myself just bottled oh. it right up. Well, so, but you got through. Well, you, I just, I just always, um, just assumed that everything was normal. You did. Well, yeah, that's probably the better thing to do. I just thought, oh, this is just the way some people are sometimes, and it's really horrible. But you there's nothing just, you can do about it. You can't really tell kids. I guess you can tell them, but it's so hard to tell a kid like, hey, I know this seems like it's the end of the world. I know, to you, yeah. But you gotta understand. This is nothing. Yeah, you're going to be out of school soon, and all those people who uh, who annoy you, the only thing you have in common is the fact that you both go to the same school. Yeah, and that you two will both die at some point. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. That's what I would tell a kid. Listen, I'd you just got to think about this. At some point, you will die, and so will they. But they'll probably die before you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you'll win. You'll win just by living a little bit longer. But eventually you end up leaving school and surrounding yourself with only the people that you, you want enjoy to. being around. Yeah. I think for the most part. I think it took me a little while because you get sort of tricked. At least I tricked, allow myself to be tricked. The thing where it took me a while to realize, oh, wait, I don't think I want to be around this person, but I thought I did. Yeah. You get like you, get like, you think you need to be around someone, but actually... Nah, they're not good for you. It's yeah. like a bad, a bad influence or sort of like a, just a, a generally negative thing, but you've convinced yourself, oh, this person I gotta hang out with, with uh, 
Jackie Snackson because he's he does backflips into the pool. Yeah. And, also, and he's got the coolest name out. in the world. Yeah, Jackie Snackson. Yeah. Jackie Snackson was a big influence on me, pretty much. <laughs> he's actually the train conductor of this train run right now. He's the conductor. Yeah, Jackie Snackson is the train conductor. Is that the same as a driver? What do you guys say? You don't say conductor? I guess we do. I've never thought. You don't about say. It. You say driver. Yeah, I suppose when you fall. Jesus Christ. I've never thought about it. Why not? What are you thinking about, James? Cluedo? Yeah. That's what I understand. So, top, listeners, the, I don't know if I'm you know this. I'm in the top 20 at the moment. Uh, listeners, uh, James and I work on a TV show that's currently on the network airwaves right now called I Feel Bad. It airs on Thursday nights at 9.30, 8.30 Central. Uh, James was a character called Chewy. I play a character called Gref. And uh, James uh, got me to sign up for uh, an iPhone game called Clue, which when he buys it on his British version of iTunes, is called Cluedo, which makes no sense whatsoever. And that's what we've been playing online. I haven't been playing it quite as much, but James has been playing it. And uh, what, what level are you at now? I don't know. I don't know about level, but I'm in the top 20 best players. How globally? Didn't you get up to, like, the top ten? Yeah, but I've slipped down a bit because, um, we haven't been on set for a couple of days. Right, and you have to play constantly. It's yeah. one where when you're at the top, I think someone said it best, uh, it's, life at the top is hard because you're basically constantly defending your position. Yeah, you got the piranhas down below. Yeah. The piranhas down below, the piranhas are gonna make you slow. This is a great song. This is Erican Corre. This is a song called Semalin. And it's uh, from 1974. It's a Turkish band. I've not heard many Turkish bands. I don't think I have either. This is pretty big. Yeah, I like this. You can definitely you can feel that sort of Arabic. Uh, yeah. The Gateway to East. The Silk Road. I once um, worked in a town called Wazazat. Called what? Wazazat. Wazazat? Yeah, it's like O-U-Z. Right. A-Z-Z-A-T-E, something like that. Some bizarre spelling. It's called the Doorway to the Desert. Ooh. It's in Morocco, and it's uh, it's the last town before you hit the Sahara. What did you do there? Uh, not a lot. <laughs> was it for work? Yeah, it was for work. A film? Or it was for a film, yeah. It was for a horror film that I did. Oh, what's it called? People watch it. The Pyramid. The Pyramid? Yeah. Is it cool? It was good to make. <laughs> Isn't that weird how many things are good to make, but the product is crap? It's just, um... It was just a fun... I like horror films, so it was just a sort of thing that I wanted to tick off. Um, and also the people I worked with were amazing. The yeah. producers I'm still friends with and stuff, and they got me my first working visa for this country and oh, things like that. So for what? What was it for? Yeah, it was for a project that, that, that they were working on that I needed help with. I can't did remember what it was called now. Did you see Mandy yet? Who's Mandy? Mandy, the movie with Nicolas Cage. No, you keep going on about it. Have you I, seen it? I have seen it. I think you would like it a lot because it has... Um, um, well, we're just talking about how you liked horror movies, and it's a horror movie. But it has a lot of music in it that it's very... Uh, it's just a very amazing use of music, I feel like. They have a ton of... Um, you hear the band King Crimson? No, you just know so many bands I've never heard of. 
Oh, well, this band list right now, this isn't a band. This isn't a notable band. This is just like... Do you do pub quizzes? Do I? Yeah. Um, you like, should do pub... You should be in a pub quiz to him. Like okay. a music. If there's any music question. But the thing is, I know a lot about obscure music and not about music that gets on quizzes. No, but, but they would... I think the quiz, what the quiz master would do was pick something that they felt was obscure, and I would, but probably wasn't as obscure as you going to it. Okay. So I think you'd be, you'd be a real good... Uh, I'd be a ringer for the, the quiz part of a, well, the music part of a quiz? Yeah, the music part, definitely. I'm not too sure on your general knowledge about other stuff. I know a lot about um, plants and bridges. Of course you do, yeah. Geography. Geography, really? Yeah. That's a, that's a great um, sort of uh, asset. I'm pretty good with geography. Actually, the other day, I, this morning, actually, I had a cool, a cool thing where I've been trying to like meditate in the mornings in bed, right? And um, did you say meditate? Meditate. Oh, yeah. sorry, I said something. Else. But I, I, sometimes I don't do like a real like meditation, like a proper meditation where I'm like sitting up. Oh, you thought I said masturbate? <laughs> sometimes I will say I'm gonna take bait, which means <laughs> meditate then masturbate or uh, masturbate then meditate. All right, guys, we're going to just do a quick tour. All right, give us five minutes. We'll be back. We're going to quick take and bait. And uh, we got we to gotta pay for the ads. we got to pay for the sponsors. This episode of Live the Table Time Family is brought to you by Tate and Bait, the only glass tube that allows you to meditate and masturbate within a full 25-minute span, maximizing both at the same time. Brought to you by... Gem glasses, the glasses you wear at the gym, unbreakable, unmistakable gem glasses. Also brought you by the Gin Blossoms, a band that no one listens to anymore, but it's a great name. Good band names, also brought you by good band names. It's good until it's bad, and it's bad until it's good. Which, to that's the truth, that most band names are bad until they're good, and good until they're bad. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's like, like, this, what's a bad band name? Oh, well, it's just a bad band. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I think the Arctic Monkeys go against that curve. Why? Because that, that is a shitty band. That's a bad band. That's a truly shitty band name. The Arctic Monkeys. The best albums ever made. See, I don't, I'm not really into that style of music, but I do, I understand why people like it. Yeah. It's just the poetry. It was the only thing, you the know. Poetry. We, yeah, the poetry of the lyrics and. Uh, you're a lyrics guy. Yeah, I do like, I, I like this, you know, there's something about music, isn't there, that we, you know, that we sort of, that I can't, uh... Can't get enough of? I can't explain how music can evoke something in you. I don't know why a yeah. sound can make you feel a certain way. Um, the, the, but the Arctic does. Monkeys was, I was, how old was I? I was about 18, mm -hmm. 17, 18. When I first heard the Arctic Monkeys, and it was the only band around at that time, apart from a band called The Streets. Sweet. Um, that, That's that, a very different band, is The Streets. Let's hear it. Yeah, but they were talking about being a young man in Britain. Oh, really? And um, there was nothing else that really had done that since, you know, like Oasis with, with their album, Definitely Maybe. What is a song from the Arctic Monkeys we can hear that, that doesn't suck? Um... <laughs> What's a song from the Arctic Monkeys that uh, doesn't Do suck? I Want to Know, Fluorescent Adolescent, Are yeah, You see, Mine? See, no, These are just all suggestions that are coming yeah. up when I type it in. No, 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 not them. I'm sure that those are those are not all them. not you good. Go, you need to go on, on their first, okay, just first to, album. I mean, we got, I can, um, oh, there's, there's a... Bigger Boys and Stolen Sweethearts was a good song by theirs. It Bigger a, Boys and Stolen Sweethearts. Hearts it was, um, it was a, a B-side to their I Bet You Look Good on the Dance Floor. She's still playing. 
So we'll say that again. Bigger Boys and Stolen Sweethearts was, was a good song from them. Bigger Boys and... St- Where the fuck is this shit? Bigger Boys... From the Ritz to the Rubble. Okay, here it is. One. Here it is. This is it. This is Arctic Monkeys. Bigger Boys and Stolen Sweethearts. I can already tell this is something that probably means more to someone who's English Absolutely, than yeah. some American. Like, it's just like... There's always somebody taller with more of a win. So funny. of a wedding he's pinch your bird and he'd probably kick your head in I get it right away this might as well be like um I don't know it just reminds me oh this is gonna be super embarrassing that's probably the only band that's that's around the same sort of age as me that were in the same place in their life that I was right and you know that it seems silly now at the age of 31. Totally. Uh, but, you know, worrying about bigger guys nicking your bird <laughs> and kicking your head in. Nicking your bird. That's funny. And, and, and that was it. That was the language that we spoke as well. And, and there was no one that wanted to... I, I suppose maybe it's difficult to, to make that sound beautiful but i think the arctic monkeys did especially on that first album they sort of they really did make the the language that i spoke sound like poetry it almost reminds me of like sublime meets i can't even tell you what the band would be it's sort of like it just makes me think of kind of like florida or something sort of like maybe like blink 182 but not quite that maybe more like a i can't even tell you maybe like weezer Kind of like Weezer meets Possibly, Sublime. Yeah. Meets I, I do think their their uh, their early sound was was fairly unique and um, uh, in Britain at the time, especially. It, it felt like they were the and they did they did kick off a very small mm-hmm. resurgent of bands of kids picking up guitars. Really, and sort of just being DIY kind of thing. Yeah. Because they were they were huge before they even got a record deal. Because, really? because they were the first sort of MySpace band. I didn't know that. And everybody had heard of this band. Yeah. And they were clearly incredible, and doing really amazing stuff. So they had this huge audience already before they even got a record deal. You know what kind of reminds me of now, which is not really. A, I don't think it's a great comparison, but there's this guy named John Vanderslice. He's like this indie dude who used to be like a four tracker, but something, something remind. This reminds me of his song he has called "Time Travel Is Lonely," which is a fucking great song from this. I'll play this right now because I just want to hear this. I okay. just love that you said four track. Oh, he's a four track. Like he yeah. does. I had a Tascam four track. Really? Yeah. That's like a big thing, and a lot of times that was a big thing in America. Was if you were a four tracker. I, I mean, can't. Like a bedroom four tracker. I couldn't tell you. It. Another person my age that was really? had a Tascam four track. I mean, back home in Britain, it was very indie. This is the this is John Vanderslice. More indie, but yeah. No one, and no one is ever. 
This is so dated though to me now. I've still got my portrait actually. I just remembered. It's in my garage. You gotta hold on to that shit. This is 2001, probably. This is such. Co- I've listened to this in 15 years now. Yeah. He used to be in a band called MK Ultra, which was his yeah. punk band. And yeah, I've heard of MK Ultra. Yeah. It wasn't uh, MK Ultra. Were they around? When um, what was Pat Smear's band called? The Germs. The, weren't they sort of in that sort of scene? I think so. Probably there's a crossover between the Germs and MK Ultra. MK Ultra was like hardcore. Let's just hear one of these fucking MK Ultra songs because I, I'm not even sure. I can't even tell what they, they sound like. I, didn't I really think listen they. To them. I think they were. I think I know of them through, sort of. Um, that the, they were perhaps a, an influence on Nirvana and band, or Pearl Jam and bands totally. like that. Yeah, for sure. So this is MK Ultra. I th- um, this is some seven inch. This shit's heavy, dude. It's so funny to think he went from that that sweet singer songwriter kind of thing from this. It's so heavy. Yeah, it's just angry, isn't it? Dude, it's angry as fuck. <clears throat> This is from 1996. See, nowadays I would, uh, I'd be so cynical that if someone came out with a sound like that, oh, I would be, no, I could I'd, not listen to it. I'd say that they were just trying to do something that had been done before. Totally, it's I, so I, weird I think, how age think, matters. Yeah, so much. I think just, I think I'm just at the age now where I just w- won't be happy with anything. I'm just, it's, I'm just like music's just music isn't for me anymore. Like music, they don't make music for me. You mean they don't make new music for you? Yeah. Well, that's why I get so into listening to old music I haven't heard before. Because if you listen to something that's old, that's new to you, it's like it's new music. It will always be there. Yeah, that's the great. Like, I mean, time is always the greatest judge. Of, yeah. of anything artistic. But even stuff that's not hasn't been this isn't like famous from its age is stuff if it can make it out, which almost if it gets recorded, it made it out. Like if yeah. I have a record, if you have an LP of something, then you've got it. Yeah, and it will, it will be around forever. Yeah. And and people will discover it again. And, and you can it, listen to it outside of the out of uh, totally out of context, and so not totally out of context, but it's a context that is completely separate from the context it was created in and promoted in, and so you're kind of like it's almost unfair in a way where you're not really like for a band to hit on every level, including being interesting and relevant in the time that they're doing it. Because a lot of times there's, there's stuff where I look back on it and I hated it because it was popular, like Sublime. I listened to a bunch of Sublime tracks last night. I used to hate that band because they were so popular. Right. And I didn't even think about how they sounded. Obviously, I don't love them, but I think it's yeah, but that's fun not, to I don't listen think that's, to. I don't think that's your fault. I think that's just the it, when something becomes really popular to yeah. some people, it can just be annoying. It's the nature of the machine, kind yeah. of. The machine that fucking pumps shit out. The but I think we're all guilty of that to yeah. some extent. Of just uh, judging things in the context and not the thing itself, it's just so fucking hard sometimes to to uh, judge something outside of the context. It takes yeah. like a mind. I think I don't know how you have. But all you the don't time. have to, because it's because it's you 
right and you're judging it and it's you don't have to be objective you can you can just decide what you what you like you don't have to have a reason mm -hmm. and that's that's the end of it really i don't think you have to worry about context and stuff like that or perhaps a context it's because of the context that you don't like something or that you do but mm -hmm. it, there's no rules it's because of the context yeah i think it's a lot of times it's just because of the context and that's that's pretty much all it is. Is that boring? Or is it just no, I just was about to try to see if I could make it where if we both talk at the same time. Yeah. We both can talk at the, both talk talk at the talk same, at the same time. time. We can slowly we can start slowly to get into a range that where somebody calm down and this. So now we're into this range right now. And this is the Mandy soundtrack. I believe this is... Well, I don't know what the fuck this is, actually. Let's see. Being talking like this right now with the echo going right now. I'm also going to play a little of this. Yeah, just a little bit of train. Do you ever use these voice effects on your phone? I, I, I have, yes, many times. Just say, if you want to see your daughter again. Well, I, I, I don't do that, but I don't want to go to federal. In unmarked bills. I don't want to go to federal prison, but I have uh, made a lot of prank yeah, but how will they know it's you? you got the voice thing. Because they can... They All can, your uh, voices are covered. They do a... Uh, uh, they, they do a back tracer on the phone. Yeah, and then when they call the phone, I'll go, oh, that wasn't me, that was a guy with a really deep voice. One time I was prank calling a, uh, a juice company called uh, Jamba Juice because it had a location that had, uh, no joke, about 17 cameras inside the juice store. Well, it's a very, it's an expensive commodity juice. Exactly. It was a smoothie store, actually. So yeah, I know Jamba. We got Jamba juice, but oh, yeah, there's a few of them. Well, this place, I thought it was curious that they had so many cameras. And I called them up and I said, oh, this is a great job. You have so many cameras. I feel so secure in there with terrorism on the mount in this world. I feel safe coming to Jamba Juice because I yeah. know you'll protect me. I said this a bunch, and then some guy calls me up saying, were you threatening my employees saying about terrorism and saying racist things? I was like, no, I was saying the opposite, that I like it. And he's like, don't you ever call like Jamba Juice again. I'll call, I'm about to call the cops for threatening. Uh, he just totally misinterpreted it because I think he had a, he had a, a teen working yeah. and misinterpreted the message. I'd feel sorry for you if you were being sincere, though. I wasn't being sincere. I know you weren't. It was so, a prank. Yeah. But I do have the recording of that. Somewhere on my computer is a recording of me being very defensive because I was scared I was going to get, um, uh, have the fucking FBI come get me for talking yeah. about terrorism at a Jamba Juice. What a great way to, to get your life shut down. Yeah. That would have been a shame. Thing is with terrorists, though, you know, they're, they're willing to die for whatever it is that they think right. is important enough to die for. You can put as many cameras as you want in a room. It doesn't matter. I don't think it's going to be a deterrent. If, if a terrorist wants to destroy a Jamba Juice and most feelers, they're going to do it. Yeah, but I, I also think that the Jamba Juice will be okay. <laughs> I don't think it's high up on the terrorist hit right. list. I think it's very low indeed, actually. I'm trying to find a King Crimson song. Here we go. This might be King Crimson. I don't even know anymore, actually. I think a lot of this is not King Crimson. It's just, it's just the, the fucking, uh, it's just the, 
just the uh, soundtrack. But King Crimson is all over Mandy, the movie. Right. James, is there anything you want to talk about before we close up? Um, I want to play a song for you to, to finish off the podcast. Well, that would be good. Should I play that first, or pl- I want to play it last? You want to play it last? Yeah. Well, let's take a, let's take actually take a quick break. We'll be right back. Right back. Okay, we're back. We're back here on this episode of Live to Tape featuring James Buckley of Essex, of Nottingham, yeah. of uh, Shoreditch, of Blaisdell, of North... Of, of, of course, Skirmish, the skirmish, military-based quiz skirmish, on, on Norfolk. <laughs> uh, Norfolk, Corson Dunk, uh, also the owner of this boat... Isn't that the worst sound ever? Do you know what that sound makes me think about? Go on. Vomiting. <laughs> makes me think about like vomiting v- off the edge of a boat. I feel that's what a vomit machine would sound like. Oh, yeah, just churning with vom. Yeah, just a vomit factory. Just full-on vom. I'd love someone to, to uh, invest in a vomit factory. Like, what would it do? Would it produce vomit? Yeah, it would make vomit. What would it be? What would it Indus- make it for? In- industrial vomit. Well, nothing. There's no money to be made in it. I just like the idea of someone spending money on a factory. <laughs> that makes vomit. So wait, how would it make the vomit? Well, I would don't. Know. Like... I don't have all the answers. Do you know about that machine just, that used to make that would shit? Be incredibly. I think that would be incredibly artistic. It, would it was be a machine. Cool. It was a machine that created. Well, it was not a machine so much as an art installation that some guy right, there made. There you go. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, okay. See, I'm on the same level as yeah. this uh, obviously incredible artist. It's probably a geezer or a chap, actually. Probably. Geezer or a chap? Imagine that. Kiss my black back as I snap your shad cack. Uh, welcome to cack. This is C-A-C-K. This is CAC, the podcast CAC. It's uh, similar to GAC, but... Did you say CAC here? CAC? Yeah. Like for what? Oh, that was a like load of... cock? A load of old CAC. No, we don't say CAC. You don't say CAC, do you? Yeah. You yeah. say CAC. Yeah, shit. I mean shit. Oh, okay. we say caca, which is uh, Spanish for shit. Caca? I, I assume that's probably where it's, uh, it's derived from. You ever heard of Caca Cabeza? I've heard of Coca Cabana. <laughs> Coca Cabana is the opposite of Coca Cabeza. Oh, okay. Coca Cabeza is shit. The caca. My friend uh, Tom, Cabeza. growing up, had a Pekingese dog that was really dumb and it would take shits in the house all the time. Yeah. And he'd always say, Coca Cabeza. Because <laughs> it was a dumb dog that would take shits in the house. So, yeah. Um, well, it's not surprising I've not heard of it then. Coca Cabeza or the dog? Kaka Cabeza. Oh, well, I mean, it's, it's kind oh, of... Is that a, a universal thing? I thought you were just talking to me about one thing that your friend would say. Well, he would say that about his dog, but it is Spanish. Right. Because he was in Spanish class and I was in French. Right. What language did you take? German. German. Eins fitten steidenlich, ins fly, und We used to say that because we, we had an assistant principal at our school who was 
basically made of like fucking bones and steel. This woman who would wear way too much makeup and stuff, and she was scary. Right. She's the kind of person who some like would like grab your wrist and and cut you as she's smiling. Don't ever do that again. Her name was Celeste Heidelberger. Are you allowed to say people's names? You're. You can. I can see because anyone's <laughs> fucking name. Say a name. People might. Uh... She might still be working in the school somewhere, and no, even if she is, it doesn't matter. I'm not. I'm not defaming her. You said she'd cut your wrist, and well, I'm saying she, she had a, a tough demeanor. She had a tough demeanor, but she, she was, was a very, good. She was a solid teacher. Well, she wasn't a teacher; she was an administrator. So she was. I was scared of her. Right. Um, and we used to make fun of her. Oh, when I say we, I mean me. We make fun her of her. Her name was Heidelberg. Heidelberger. Wow. Heidel. I'd go Heidelberger. Hi. Heidelberger. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I bet she loved that. Well, I wouldn't do it to her face, obviously, because oh, I would okay. get in trouble. Yeah. But running down the hallway, sometimes you go, Uns at Heidelberger, yeah. Yeah, so she could hear it. She couldn't hear it because she was in her office, probably like the third layer in. Okay. Where they, they figure out what kind of, whatever kind of shit they do at a Catholic school. You're coming off really badly in this. What do you mean come up badly? You just, you bullied a teacher. I didn't bully her. My voice just cracked. I didn't bully her. (laughs) I didn't bully her. (laughs) You're the guy who said earlier, um, I hope that's not offensive. I'm like, what? Oh, the fact that I mentioned that depression exists. Well, yeah. I'm also worried that, (laughs) I'm also worried about upsetting Mrs. Heidelberger. Oh, I mean, who cares? I do. I care about people. I don't want. I'm not here to. I care about people too, but I don't care about them to the extent where me saying a name, like I'm not, like, I'm not a wizard. If I say their name, it doesn't yeah. invoke some sort of a, a storm over their you head. You don't know the power that you wield, and I'll, and I'm on this podcast now, so it's going to just absolutely it's explode. Blow up. Yeah. Well, here's the deal, Mrs. Heidelberger. Obviously, what I think and feel about you is colored by a lot of time, and we all know. That uh, memory is subject to um, fading and changing and all that stuff. So I'm sure if I were to meet you now, I would probably have a far different opinion. You sound like uh, a rape accuser to <laughs> sympathizer right now. I realize that. I, you know, memory. I, I walked into that one. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't walk in. I fucking jumped into it. What I'm trying to say is the opposite, though. It's more like... Well, how I felt as a kid about Celeste Heidelberger was that I was scared of her. Yeah. And obviously, it's an easy joke to make someone's funny name. Adults are scary, aren't they? We had a uh, teacher named uh, Jerry Robbie, and he was in the Peace Corps, like, back in the day, right? So he was, like, hard. He'd ride his bike to work in the winter when it was snowing and shit. And Robbie's name on the schedule came up as H-R-A-J. So we call him Hrage. Right. And we'd say he's oh rage. We'd say he's something about rage, and say like he's like we'd sing, um, Rage Against the Machine lyrics in his right. class to reference him. We'd go like oh, I'm pocket full of shells, uh, rally around the family, you know. I had a, stuff. I, I'm going to name a teacher now. Name a teacher. I you had, have a, t- to, I had to a teacher called Mr. Biles. Mr. Biles. Mr. Biles. Okay, what was his first? And name? then we found out. <laughs> Well, I don't know. I don't know his first okay. name, but we found a letter that was from him that went out to the school, and he was signed Mr. G. Biles. Right. So we assumed his first name was Giles. Oh. So from then on, if we saw him in the corridor, we go, oh, Giles Biles. Oh, Giles Biles. Right. Would you say this? This will happen. You do it. Yeah. Giles Biles. Yeah. That's my. I love playing that song when you do something that's sort of fake badass. Yeah. 
I just called my teacher a bad name. Look. I'm basically Zach De La Rocha now. Bro, I don't know who that is. He's the lead singer of uh, Rage Against the Machine. Oh, okay. He was a political dissident, along with, uh, what's his name? Um, the guitar player. The bald guitar player. Yeah, uh, Tom Morello. Yeah. What a great fucking guitar player he was, huh? Yeah. Jesus Christ. What do you mean, was? Is he dead? No, I just don't think they're really active anymore. Oh. I don't think so. Can we get, I don't know, is Rage Against Machine still active? I don't really think I th are. I'm sure they're still on the, the festival circuit. I, I don't know. I mean, it's, to have that much rage to still keep doing it, I think it's got to be difficult. They've got to be st even more angry now. Maybe, but... Doesn't They've got to be so full of rage. Doesn't your anger tend to mellow, I think, a lot of times? It's got to go one way or the other. Either dissipate or increase. I don't know. I, 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 yeah, possibly. I don't I'm going to play this for you now. Hey. Hi. I just want to say... Go on, tell me. I'm going to tell you right now. Just listen. Goodbye. Goodbye to the people. Oh yeah, I've heard this. Yeah. Oh dear. Goodbye to the people. What's your uh, gaming? Uh, what's your channel called? Goodbye your YouTube, to the YouTube stuff. Called completed it, mate. Completed it, mate, on YouTube. Goodbye. On YouTube. Goodbye. What else? That's it. Oh, you can find your shit on uh, Instagram, oh, yeah. Twitter. Instagram, I'm called Buxtagram. Buxtagram. Well, it's too late. Your 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 uh, price stand, as we say. <laughs> Thanks for being here, James. It's been a pleasure, man. This is the goodbye song. To move on in life. Now it's time to say goodbye. I, goodbye, goodbye I find it difficult to laugh. I've seen the video of this. It's kind again, of sad. I just feel really sorry for the guy. Yeah. But, but you can listen listen to the way he's singing. You can tell that he's singing really quietly in his bedroom uh -huh. so that his parents can't hear. You can also tell that he has literally no musical timing whatsoever. Of course, yeah. No, there's nothing there. But the thing is, it's so bad. To me, it's kind of good because he's doing something that I would never even think to do. Like, I would never think to do it that way because I... The same way I would, uh, wouldn't would fall down the stairs to get down the stairs, I would never sing this way to sing. Yeah, you wouldn't jump out of the plane yeah, to get out. Exactly, to get out of the plane. But he's basically doing that. He's like, he's killing himself. Yeah. I'm not the person. I used to be. Is he, is he British? I've always assumed he was British. And from the video, I, I think he looks like he's in Britain somewhere. I hear a little bit of an accent. Yeah. What I really hope though is he didn't kill himself. I hope he didn't either. Yeah, I don't think because, he did. Because, um, I mean, that's obviously what the song is about. I think maybe though that doing something like this, uh, it's that classic case of if you do the thing, if you write the note that says goodbye, you don't need to, to do it. Right. It's like if you write a, a hateful song about someone or something, yeah. whatever, you're exercising the demon. Uh, possibly, yeah. I hope he did that. You're like processing it. That's yeah. what you're processing it. So I think maybe he processed this. I hope so. But I don't think, uh, name me another song that can uh, capture the teenage angst any better. This? I don't think there is one. I don't think so either. Because it's uncomfortable to listen to it. Yeah. There's it something about it. Teenage angst is also kind of like, okay, so you're really pissed about this? Okay. I mean, I think about the stuff that I did and I'm embarrassed. Dude, you're about to get towed, aren't you? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Bye, James. Bye. Thanks for being here. This is a sign of goodbye.